Hey guys, welcome back. Tonight we are joined by our friend Mason Fury. Actually, welcome back to the show. We had you on, uh, man, how long ago was that? It was like two years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, about two years ago. Which was an incredible episode. It was completely underrated. You have a fascinating story. I highly recommend everyone go back and watch the original one. We'll put that link below in the description because I forgot which episode number it is. I should have looked that up. But welcome back to the show. We're excited to have you back on. And if you guys don't know who he is, you can see on his screen Merlin's Lab. He is the creator of these beautiful pyramids that we are promoting. And we're going to get into that and some a bunch of other stuff. Uh, geopolitics, our geopolitics, exopolitics, uh, black goo, all the fun stuff. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, the pyramids, I think, have gone just about the same distance when it comes to like my overall look. Uh, and design of these guys. Um, I did some research and development, and I just came out with this one. Do you want to show this? So this one is inspired by none other than black goo, but there's two different types of black goo. Um, there's a Gaia consciousness black goo, and then there's the artificial Archon consciousness black goo. And right. uh, do, you, do you know much about those? So, yeah, actually, I've heard that there are two, and you know, this is one of those arguments, one of those theories. People say all oh, black goo is bad, but I've also heard that there is an organic black goo that Mother Earth provides naturally, creates, creates yeah. naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really curious to get into that. Yeah, so it's actually it's very interesting, and it's directly correlated with ley lines. Um, when we think of black goo, we know we think of like movies, and um, like Lucy's a good example. Like she becomes this totalitarian consciousness, and you know, is kind of kind of integrated into the ether and has supreme knowledge, or we see like Promethean and it's this black goo that's consuming people. Well, actually what black goo is, is it's a form of sentient consciousness, specifically Gaia's black goo, uh, but it's highly magnetic. I don't know if you can see that, but it's magnetic. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So it's actually, um, so it's directly tied into the geomagnetic ley lines. So if we think of this black goo as having some sort of sentience, and it's obviously iron oxide based, which is metallic, it gives those signatures on the grid its magnetic, electromagnetic energy. And we can kind of think of that as the living veins of the planet. So that's kind of what Gaia's consciousness is. And there's people that um, have come in contact with this type of black goo. And they basically relate it very similarly to like a, a trip on psilocybin. You're basically communicating with Gaia and it, she's showing you your truest form. And actually the most recent case of... Uh, we can kind of find some research is the Falkland Wars. You ever heard of those? No, I've heard of it. Yeah. So back in the eighties, the UK was down in like Argentina or somewhere around that area. And they discovered this sentient glue, uh, goo that could basically be programmed. And uh, they're trying to use it for like nanoparticulate technology and, um, you know, just kind of remote control type of uh, substance. And what they found is that all of these scientists that were studying this material committed suicide. Um, and like aggressive version of suicide. There's um, a case of one scientist that literally put a noose around his head, strapped it to a tree, and then drove a car until his head just kind of wow. ripped Oof. off. Like it, it's pretty, when you get into there, it's pretty wild. But then going on the opposite side of things, you know, I have childhood experiences of this black goo and I have, uh, it's taken me my entire life to kind of piece it together because this is like when aliens and all that kind of stuff was kind of, you know, taboo and it wasn't more, mainstreamy. Um, and I, I had these dreams for like three years where I'm surrounded in this kind of gaseous kind of tarry substance and it's whispering and it's extremely terrifying the whole time. Um, and as a result, which is, 
some of the things that you can see when you kind of look into what this black food does, uh, it turns off your higher access to your higher chakras. So your compassion, your love, uh, especially your heart centered one. Right. And it makes you operate in the lower three. What well, I realized, Oh, go ahead. Uh, real quick. So that if you've heard Max Spears talk, that's what he says. The black ear does. He said it actually raises your IQ, but it cuts you off from source. Yeah. I think it's like the precursor to like psychopaths. Um, and I was, not necessarily heading down that road, but I was, I was a pretty troubled child, especially when this was kind of happening. Um, but to say at the least, um, we know it as an artificial goo or maybe like an alien goo, and it's, it's based off of something called the Archons, uh, but I would say more so related to what we would call Satan. Now, you can think of Satan as some sort of being, or you can think like as a celestial body consciousness, meaning a different planet, that its memory created this black goo because it's it's the substance of consciousness and it destroyed itself and so it's present here supposedly because gaia made a contract with satan to have it reintegrate its experiences uh through us and that's kind of where you can say this duality experience comes through so we have this influence this satanic influence uh, in the form of artificial black goo to lower our vibration to go through experiences so it can reincorporate itself through our own healing and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but interesting. it does really sound crazy. It, if you really think about it, Gaia initially was paradise. It, you know, it was, it was before duality, before the, the man, the female, the splitting of our consciousness and the two hemispheres of our brain. It's, it's, it's an entity that is trying to find wholeness again through our own experiences. And that's what I learned when I, when I kind of took that perspective going back into my childhood and to those memories it is basically confronting itself with the people that it thinks has a higher chance of healing itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, so, okay. I've heard, like we've heard other like SSP guys, Johan Fritz for one, talk about encountering this black goo in space. Like uh, he was shown video footage of an area of the universe that had been basically taken over by this goo. And they sent a ship to basically, gather intelligence to see what they can come up with and as soon as the ship entered this area the black goo just basically took over and disintegrated the entire ship and everyone was basically just disintegrated yeah, and they would yeah. show they would show that footage to the the guys to show them what what it's capable of doing so I don't know. I, it takes. It's just going to take me a minute to wrap my head around the fact that it's, it, that it's actually here intentionally to drive us to heal. Is that what you're trying to say? It's here intentionally to drive us to heal, but there are certain factions of beings that want to utilize it for its power. Um, we're talking about complete, absolute opposite of what we would say light. Right. And in this game of duality, you know, we're here to experience both sides of the poles in, in that polarity game here, but it does consume and it can consume if, if you will it to. So, you know, it kind of all goes down to that free will aspect. Well, you can encounter this substance like I did and you can let it take control, let it be rampant. I mean, that's why we have psychopaths. That's why we have people that we see are completely disconnected from their inner light because they're connecting to this source. Uh, but there's speculation that originally when it first came here, it was trying to learn about its own traumas. It's almost like, you know, if a person, a human commits suicide, there's a theory that if they commit suicide in the astral realm, they're kind of replaying those worldly scenarios to figure out what happened. So in a sense, in a bigger sense, because this is a celestial body, like a planet, like it could be like Marduk, the one that exploded. 
and it right. doesn't know why, it's trying to reintegrate all its pieces through our experiences. And this is what gives us this game of, of the light versus bad. Um, right. Now, that is, that's really fascinating. I had not even considered that uh, until right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, yeah, it, I, make, it makes sense because if it's a sentient, it's an intelligence. Yes. It's an intelligence. And, yeah. But it's a, it's a binary intelligence. And what that means is binary is on, off, one, zero, one, zero. So it's stuck in the mind. And that's why it kind of disconnects you from your higher mind. And it, it really connects you to your third lower chakras because there you're stuck only in the mind and you have no emotional mind or no intuitive mind. Yeah. You don't have that trinity of, of a harmony when it comes to the human experience. You're operating strictly in binary and what binary can be called is satanic. So if we think about it and we think about that in relation to transhumanism, the satanic items in this universe are the binary devices our electronics. Mm. It's only able to experience the on or off. And it doesn't understand a register good or bad because it's just, it's, it's binary versus us. We have the higher aspects of our awareness. And, you know, some people have activated the, their 13th crown chakra. It's uh, it's way up there. Right. And you have more of a quantum uh, understanding of, of everything you have. Yes, you have opposite, but then you have north-south. So you, you can operate interdimensionally within your thoughts versus linearly. And that's how that's actually how you start healing. You, you go from this person experience, you go back to, say, my example as a child, and I take my perspective now into that pass. So that's that linear uh, uh, path that you're traveling. But then you also get to place your version of your awareness now into the past. And that's where that becomes quantum, because you can actually rewrite your stories or change your stories. Or for a quick example, say you were bullied as a kid. Well, how about the adult you goes back to that stage where you were bullied and rewrite the story as if you now sticking up for that little kid. And you can actually make these little twists in your perspective and you can let these things go. Right. This, is, this the black goo doesn't have that ability. It's strictly linear. Um, and that's where it's lost itself. That's why it operates from the, the bottom. Uh, well, and that's why it's, Obviously, there's people that know its power and they're weaponizing it. Mm -hmm. And well, anything can be weaponized. Literally, every single object can serve two purposes, no matter what it is a, a pencil, or I could stab you with it, or you know, yeah. it's a spear. We all saw or, that in Batman. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> or, exactly. no, or, or just let's take it a step further like an, a tree, a beautiful tree. You can cut off a branch and carve it into a spear. And now it just depends on how you use it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Everything can be, everything can be looked at in duality, but you know, yeah. dark and light. So it, why stop at black goo? Obviously everyone, when you hear black goo, everyone, as far as I know, just immediately thinks all bad, negative, inorganic. It doesn't belong here, but I've heard, you're not the first person I've, I've heard that said there is an organic type of uh, black goo that's naturally produced. Mm -hmm. So it, it, the reason why it's organic versus the the black goo that it's inorganic is because the earth actually produces it. Now, this satanic goo or whatever you want to call it is artificial because there is no planet for it to harness and, and self-replicate this substance. So they create it through means of artificial means. Uh, they, they basically, you know, the archons have uh, technology that they're utilizing this this goo. And um, it's so so significantly close to the goo of this planet. That's how it's kind of able to commingle and, and, you know, kind of 
skew our perspectives. And then you look at the mainstream media, like it's everywhere. I mean, you'll have music videos of people uh, crying black goo. There's this new, what is it called? There's this new like, Korean band. I forget what it's called. It's like pink black or something like that. And in their music video, they talk about dying and it's all very, very dark. And this black goo comes up and it's basically changing these people in this video. So it's, it's something that's not new. It's just something that's becoming more aware right. of our, uh, our reality. Well, like you mentioned, right. like you mentioned earlier, the movie Prometheus, mm -hmm. they depict black goo in that movie. And the guy even drugs the other guy's drink with it and it starts taking over his body, whatever. And it's just depicted that way in the movie as something obviously very negative. But we see it. We're seeing it show up everywhere. Like you said, the music videos, it's everywhere. You can't deny it. And just like we know, there's there's disclosure and everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's got to be at some level some truth to that. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is it's actually leading down transhumanism. So what I realized is when I went through it, uh, it disconnects you from your higher abilities, which, which disconnects you from the ability to change your DNA or activate other strands of it. So, you know, there's a Pentagon video, I think from like 2012 or 2011, maybe, maybe earlier where they found a God gene existing within the human. It's, it's a gene that can express to give you a belief outside of conventional science. And what they figured out to do is use this substance to completely disconnect you from that. So now you're no longer getting these DNA upgrades from the sun or solar weather or, uh, you know, space weather, or however you think that that happens. You have a person disconnected from its original blueprint, Yeah. which you need to be disconnected because if you're disconnected from source, you have to be uploaded to something. Right. Well, it would make sense, like going back to what Max Spears said, it raises your IQ according to his information. It would make sense that they would utilize that within soldiers or recruits or whoever so you can have the ultimate soldier yeah. and your your quick thinking and whatever the case whatever else comes with it it would make I sense think, that I think they would... strength healing um um the ability to kind of turn off emotions that that soldier look you know right when you, when you exactly think of uh, a cold killer that's that's i'm pretty sure there's a lot of those type of people that have these experiences or dreams of these experiences Right, I were in the form of dreams, and uh, they were. I was surrounded by uh, tall gray aliens um, during this experience, and what it feels like is it feels like something is trying to pull you out of you. I know that kind of sounds weird, but it's like a pull, the true essence, or what you could even say, your soul. They're trying right. to pull that out of you to to put something else in. And I have, I have experienced that, and I know people that have experienced that. And I've never actually, I've, it's very traumatic. It literally, it feels like you're being pulled out of your body. Yeah. Out of your bed, but your physical body is really not moving, but it feels like it's moving. So you said when you, when that happened to you, you were surrounded by grays, tall grays. Yes. Well, I was surrounded by grays and it's funny because, you know, my mom wasn't into this stuff either, but I'd like scream and scream and scream. And uh, they'd be in a doorway off into the corner and when she'd turn the light on, they'd fade away and I'd just be screaming. They would never say anything. They would never say anything. But there was, there was this feeling that I was there forever, uh, not just like a couple minutes or like a night's sleep. It, it felt like an eternity. Um, and then some people have I've talked about. I think Max Spears talks about how they use this to transport people into dimensionally, so they can use this goo as some sort of portal uh, or some sort of um, uh, device that can make you biolocate, I guess, somehow. And, you know, you hear about these secret space program people and how they, you know, have these experiences with something similar. 
I wouldn't doubt if it is used for some sort of um, thing to take over your consciousness, kind of place you in somewhere else, but you're in this intermedium and you just remember the experience of being surrounded and hopeless and, and terrified, but you're actually probably doing something. I haven't unlocked any of that yet. I'm just kind of stuck in this little bubble of uh, where I was surrounded by this mass and it just felt like I was going down this tunnel that would never end it. Right. But when you start looking into it, it's, it's very fascinating. You know, there's, there's, there's such a, a unique property of this material. And that's actually what inspired me to create these pyramids. Uh, these pyramids use something called iron oxide. And iron oxide is said to be found in Gaia's goo, uh, the, the interplanetary substance that comes from ley lines. That's what gives its magnetic property. Um, and then I use crushed tourmaline and crushed um, rutilated quartz in here as well. And they're actually, they're quite, quite cool. It's, it's an interesting substance to work with when it comes to like resin, um, because it's a liquid before it hardens, but you can actually move it around with the magnet. Um, and you can really see how some of these, uh, practices could be used in like bioweapons. Uh, so if you can control a substance within a body and have it be at a nanoparticle, you can remotely turn and turn on and turn off different cell expressions, uh, to where you can actually use it to program someone. And that's been, you know, the whole, um, theory behind some of these more recent jabs, but Right. I was going to ask you that. And the practicalities is already there. You know, uh, uh, well, we see videos, sorry, we see videos all the time of, of this substance, right. Being pulled with a magnet or even like a self-aware in some mm -hmm. cases. And it's just crazy, magnetic, intelligent looking black goo that just kind of like it's sentient, but it's just weird. Mm -hmm. And so this is what, um, I guess some people are claiming a form of this is in the jabs that gets into your body. And what's interesting about that is, you know, we always, you know, how social media is they censor everything. Mm -hmm. And I've made some posts about the jab before and, and they never really took anything down. Surprisingly, it would get fact checked. But the one they pulled down was the one where I said that the jab was cutting you off from source. And they pulled that down and gave me this big, they wrote me this email and, and warned me and blah, blah. But I'm like, of all the things I posted, the one that like sounds the craziest, if yeah. you're, if you're the masses, right. If you're just a normal person in public and you, you heard that the jab, the, the jab is trying to cut you off from God, mm -hmm. that sounds ridiculous. And that's but the it, one they pulled down. It's like, okay, tell me. That's what yeah, they don't but, want it, but it's not even ridiculous because the, the WF, the world economic forum, already talks about how they can hack your your dna they can yeah. actually through genetic science and crispr type technology they can uh, persuade people to believe in a certain way act a certain way and all you have to do that is with nanoparticulates they already have experiments where they can put gold nanoparticles in a taste bud cell ping a wave at it and that taste bud is now responding to as if it eat hot chili peppers without even being chili peppers present. It's just literally a frequency that is pushing. That's the same wavelength as the experience of taste. Uh, something that I learned in, in kind of esoteric philosophy is that all of our sensors, like our touch, feel, taste, smell, all of that is actually just an organic ability to sense electromagnetism. That's all it is. Like the sense of a, of a, a nose, you're picking up frequencies of electromagnetism given off from radiation of, of some odor. Right. Dogs, dogs use that especially well because dogs can actually smell for metals. They can smell for bombs because they have an electromagnetic sensor 
and it's it's tied to their brain a little bit differently than humans. So they have a wider spectrum to um, kind of play off of. So all you have to do is find a, a specific frequency and you got its match. Right. Um, I don't know if you've heard of um, uh, uh, Sherry Edwards and what she kind of does with her. Um, uh, you can get a voice profile and I'm speaking into a microphone. It can actually analyze if something's wrong with you, like if you're sick or if you have genetic dispositions, all based upon the frequency of the tone of your voice that goes through this program. Wow. So everything is frequency. So it does not, you know, surprise me the slightest that they can find a substance so small that have tuned with frequency. And what are we surrounded by nowadays? Wireless internet everywhere. The streetlights really right. have it now. You know, they're they're all on top of water towers. Why is it on the water towers? Well, because right. the frequency is absorbed by water. So that means that frequency is now stored into that water. Yes. Um, I've, it, I've, every water tower is strapped with 5G towers. Yeah. And, I, and there's also the theory that what some water towers aren't water towers they actually double as like a free energy tower which there's people that talked about that before but if you look at a patent of a water tower and the patent of the original tesla tower they're virtually identical yeah and a lot of, a lot of people don't know is you can actually carry electrical current through water yeah so well, that well, water wherever it's going is is taking whatever signal with it and that's why mm -hmm. yeah but it's really interesting so there's I've, I've talked about this in the show but fulton missouri I was driving through and that they have a water tower. And one day I noticed they had street lamps painted on the water towers they repainted it and they painted the street lamps on it. Mm -hmm. And, and then all the street lamps in town are the exact same thing that's painted on the tower. And I've, and I've already heard the theory that water towers could be Tesla towers. So I'm like, okay, what are they, are they just trying to tell you straight up that they painting electric lamps on the water tower to show you that, hey, this is also doubling as a device that's powering the lights in this town. I don't know, but it's a theory. It could be. I think they're actually trying to create oxidative stress through the water. Uh, so if you radiate water particles and you ingest that, you're creating more free radicals in the body. Free radicals are actually toxic and that can actually break down your immune system, get you sick. Right. Uh, that's why we don't drink tap water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drink tap water. Um, it's good to at least have some sort of orgone device or scalar device by your water. So that way it can kind of, you know, mess with those particles in there. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, if you think of any illness, any, any sickness, uh, that's your body saying it's tired and it's trying to cleanse itself. Um, it's not like some flu that has a virus. That's an airborne thing that goes and infects, you know, it's your own toxicity of your body and your body's just trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, that's why you get a fever, you heat up because your body's trying to flush the system out and you're supposed to be drinking a lot of water. You're supposed to be drinking a lot of um, minerals because minerals are literally the electrical connections within the water in your body. So your cells can function properly. You know, science is completely ass backwards, uh, right. but it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Well, yeah, it is. It's very fascinating. So you were, you were talking about, obviously you put a form of this black goo into capstone or pyramids. Yes. So what purpose does that serve? And do you think that was actually serving an actual purpose for our pyramids that are here on earth? Yes. So, okay. How, how orgone works is originally we thought like, oh, it's the piezoelectric effect from the compression of the crystal. Well, if that's true, it's probably so small. It's not really doing anything. Actually, how it works is you need to get the particles of the metal and the resin and other organic materials very, very close to each other. Because <coughs> what it does is the metal will attract uh, electromagnetic frequency and the organic material will repel. So if I have two particles, metal and organic, um, that attraction re and repulsion, it's too far away. 
So the closer you get, the more concentrated those particles are, the more of the effect they can actually produce this uh, on-off um, uh, pulsation. And so when you actually use this, it's called uh, iron oxide, iron oxide, tourmaline, and quartz crystal inside this mixture. It's so very dense and so very tight. I have a 2000 lumen flashlight and I shine it through it. No light penetrates it. So it gives it a, a more dense um, structure to where it can actually uh, attract, repel, attract, repel much quicker than say uh, one of my, my original ones. Now they still work because they still have the same principle, but now the density of this is much more. And how it becomes conscious, like how Gaia does it, I'm not too sure, but there is plenty of research out there that talks about how this black goo gave us sentience. Um, and it started with water creatures because it actually leaks out into the water. And then if you kind of you know follow any of what science says that we came from water, that's plausible, but in the forms of consciousness, not necessarily like how we are as beings. Right. Because um, I'm a firm believer that we are genetically modified. But, you know, consciousness comes from the planet. And that's why we're all so interconnected with, with the plant life, animals, you know, any, any animal you can befriend. There's crazy people that go to Africa and befriend a lion. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely awesome. But there's, there's some sort of resonance within these beings and these creatures on this planet that we all have. And I think it's tied to the Gaia consciousness and, and specifically the mineral compounds within the planet. And now if we think of even a bigger scheme of things, what are they doing to our food? They're removing the mineral compounds of our food. And the mineral compounds are the very, very small particulates in our body that give us electrical connection, makes our nervous system uh, communicate a little bit better. It's electrolytes, you know, all these things that are so very small, but so very important, it's completely depleted from our food. Right. Now they're wanting to make plastic foods and they're wanting to make artificial foods. They're wanting to try to get these people that are going to be transhumanists that are no longer connected to the Gaia blueprint. They have to survive somehow and they won't be able to survive traditionally like how we all do with, with fresh grown food or things like that. They'll, they'll need something else. They're creating an entire new species is what they're doing. Right. Um, and we're watching it unfold right now. And that that's where the social engineering comes in too. Yep. Yeah. You change the way you think that's the outside to change the way your body operates in biology. That's the inside. And that's those MRNA things. And it's very fascinating. Right. So what do you notice? I mean, obviously the social engineering is like, so in your face, well, I guess if you know what to look for, some people out there don't see it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But once you see it, it's like hilariously like transparent. They're not even hiding their agenda and you think it's because they're literally trying to create a new species. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, they are. They're, they're right. already messing with our food at the genetic level. A lot of people say, oh, GMO is not so bad. GMO is actually very bad. Right. Your body, if my body has a line code, okay, and it knows, because everything that exists organically actually exists in the DNA of each and every one of us. So right. the DNA strand of a tomato actually can be found inside of you. So if I modify that tomato strand, and I ingest it, my body goes, it's almost like a tomato, but it's not. So you're actually not getting that full connection to whatever that organism is. But then not only that, we can go into a whole different topic though, but when you genetically modify things, it no longer can grow safely in its own environment. It has to have pesticides. You have to have all these different things. And there's so much more destruction that goes along with this process of trying to make this genetically modified food. But right. they want to genetically modify the food to genetically modify you slowly. Because you right. are exactly exactly. Well, it's all and it's mm. all an anti-life agenda. So it well, anti-life as we know it. 
it's a, it's mm. pro-life for their what they're creating their yeah. form of life quote life and it, here's a, here's another little bit of information that might kind of give it a full circle so that satanic black goo doesn't want its experience to end because it can't accept it right so if you're a trauma so think about it, an extreme core trauma that doesn't want to end what is it going to do it's going to build devices to keep living because right. it doesn't want to face the truth so yes. I agree by not you. facing the truth, it's going to find any means necessary to live and to live artificially, whether that's harnessing it from other beings or creating something for it to somehow simulate thriving. Mm-hmm. It's also, what was it? The, um, the elite are trying to escape their own karma by merging yep, yep. with technology. Yeah. It's, it's, right? it's avoiding the shadow, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that we can do is to focus on the inincorporated parts of ourselves. Uh, Manly P. Hall had a lecture about this. You know, you can pay attention to the news. You can pay attention to all that kind of stuff and put all your hopes and worries and desires into that story, but you're not doing anything for yourself. In fact, you're ignoring more about yourself. And the only way we can make change in the world is to incorporate those aspects of our shadow in ourself to affect the whole. Right. Mm. That's like a hurt person trying to hurt or help another hurt person. It doesn't work. You're just trauma bonding. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. And speaking of, you mentioned earlier about the inner child of going back and changing that that moment in time just slightly, so you can actually protect, act as a protector for that child. That's actually very true because I've I've done some inner child healing, which is crucial if you're even on this journey. But at some point or another, you know, we all grew up in a in the matrix, right? So it's it, and our parents were programmed also and. More times than not, you're growing up in an environment that it wasn't ideal. Mm-hmm. So you can go back into a moment where that traumatized you as a child. You can go back as yourself now, like through meditation, let's just say, and approach that child as if you were as if you're there in that moment and like hold them mm-hmm. or yourself, hug them and let them know it's gonna be okay. And let them know that they don't have to be scared or whatever. And you can, you, you therefore change the now. Yeah, you, you release like, the energy. Right. You just give them this, the space to feel. A lot of the times when we go through these things as, as children, we're either not heard, not accepted, or um, uh, just neglect. Right. And when we can go back in time in our mind and we basically view ourselves as my now version and my old version, there's a relationship where you see like, yes, I see myself as that child, but I also see myself as this adult and how I'm still here, still alive, still thriving. And you can tell that child then whatever they're going through, that it's okay. And it's only temporary. And when you express that love for yourself in those two different time periods, you can change your timeline and completely change your trajectory not only that but you're you're incorporating that aspect of yourself that in reality is constantly living that pain over and over and over right and so to cut it to 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 stop it is to acknowledge that broken part of ourself and say you know this is who i became because of that and i will never do that to another person right and that's how you that's how you heal generational traumas yes you know i I really went into my family i got my family's uh, the chart from both sides. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm related to some psychopaths in history, like right. Constantine, Henry V, you know, all these crazy people. But then you start looking down the line in my most recent family, like, huh, I see why they did that. I see why they were abusive or whatever it was. And then you have to recognize those and how they manifest within yourself 
to begin that healing. And that's a little bit uh, different than like your personal healing. Those are like unconscious traits that we have. Right. That we're not, we didn't directly experience, but they're there somewhere. They're there. And you don't even know it's mm -hmm. there until you're in a situation where that arises within you. And you're like, well, where did that come from? I've been there, believe me. And then you have to sit with it. Okay, where does this stem from? And then there's also, we've you, talked about like the uh, elite or addicted, or that's the only way they know um, that way of life because they don't, it's almost like an addiction. Just yeah, like, absolutely addiction, yeah. just it's like, right, exactly. And just like our pain, our, our traumas, we can subconsciously be addicted to that. And it's actually very scary and foreign to heal and live life without that pain. You almost don't know what to do because you've developed these coping mechanisms that are almost like an auto response in certain yeah. situations. So it really takes more than just like telling, learning about this stuff, but really sitting with this stuff and figuring out where it stems from. It's not easy. No, you have to be very aware of, of all the things going on in your body. And like you said, you know, a lot of people aren't even realizing that it may not be something in the past. They just may be addicted to the feeling of grief or the feeling of sorrow. And so they habitually do these things to where they can create that emotion and then they stay stuck in that habit. And that's what I would call an unconscious habit. Um, and, right. it, and it really stems from the first seven years of your life. A seven, one, because it's cyclical. Um, everything in nature is cyclical. I think that's my cat. She's trying to open the door. Okay. Um, but everything's in, in octaves of seven. And then once you kind of go through that first seven octave until you're seven years old, that is literally your blueprint of, of life. That is, that is who you are and all the stories that you'll enact, unless you have the awareness to say, I don't actually want to be like this. I want, I want to change. Right. And then every, every seven cycle after that, you know, it's, there's, there's review periods, you know, people can look at it in their astrology chart. A big one for everybody is Saturn's return. And that usually comes when you're about 27, 28. Right. Uh, and that is a celestial cycle. So if you kind of, you don't really have to get into all these different modalities, but if you do pay attention to like your numerology cycles, pinnacle cycles, or even cycles within astrology, you kind of have a map of when to assess certain injuries at what time. And, and the energies of the universe will actually support that during those different seasons. Um, yeah. That's we've actually mentioned, we've, we were just talking about the seven year cycle the other day and how certain things, even in your life, like significant things, or you might meet a person that's going to really impact your life or even change the course of your life, mm -hmm. but it comes in seven year cycles. Like if you really start stop to think, well, when did I meet that person? Oh, it was seven years ago. And then now here, seven years later, this significant event is happening. And it's really interesting that we also were just talking about how anything that happens to you before the age of seven writes your future. Mm -hmm. And there's something with that number seven. And I forgot what we were even, where, where that came from, but we were just talking about that. Well, the yeah. universe operates in seven. You know, there's seven colors of the rainbow, uh, seven tones in the octave scale. Um, there's... Uh, seven metals in alchemy, you know, seven major planets. Like th there's a theme that goes along with these things, but then the celestial bodies themselves have their own cycle. Like the sun has an 11 year cycle um, because that is more like a celestial body type thing. Um, and then you have personal cycles that are attributed to the day you're born uh, and things like that. But the, the seven is so important because the seven represents uh, in the physical plane, basically spiritual uh, harmony. It's, it's the cycle of nature. And if we go against the cycle of nature and we continue those patterns, uh, when you hit your 
almost third going into fourth seven year cycle, which is that Saturn's return, it will kick your ass. <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of people be like, Oh, I woke up when I was like 26, 28, 30, you know, around that time frame. Um, it just, it's just how nature kind of wants to knock on your door and give you that awareness. Right. Well, it's also, it, it, it's like, it waits. It couldn't have happened any sooner. Like when you realize when it happened in your life, you're like, Oh, I see why <laughs> this is intense. I wasn't ready for any of that, you know, especially at a young age. And we have to, all those experiences prior to that are the building blocks for the rest of your life. And they're, they're your lessons and all that stuff. And all your healing comes from those experiences and those lessons. But what was I going to get in? Oh, that's what I, I wanted to mention with the uh, black goo earlier, going back to that. So also in Egypt, I know that they've found coffins covered in, in black goo. Oh, you were, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to bring that up. I, I was looking into that. Yeah. So uh, in, I forget what museum actually did studies on it, but they're trying to do analysis on what this black goo is. Um, and it just suggests that they've been using this type of technology. Now there, there's a whole bunch of different opinions. You know, some people say like Lumera used the Gaia goo <laughs> and Atlantis used the Archon goo. And, and that's how those two civilizations represented the core of duality um, from this first experience. One was more benevolent and one was more scientific yeah. and there's a lot of data to to show that that actually is very accurate you know the atlanteans supposedly were into like genetic modifications you know putting like men heads on like horse bodies and all this kind of crazy scientific right uh, frankensteining um but then it just like goes huh well who do we speculate were involved with the pyramids of egypt and i think if i'm not mistaken i think it's the atlanteans that were helping that because thoth the atlantean the builder of the pyramids. So they probably did use that type of technology in uh, the construction of, of the surrounding areas of Egypt and especially in um, the pyramids. Cause I do know that you can actually conduct electricity from this wirelessly, this material. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me, you know, the, the pyramids are told to be a, a basically a huge organ generator, right. uh, water at the bottom and, you know, this air chamber. And it's got these two slits where the East and Northern winds come in to give positive ions and, the water pressure and the air pressure creates an ignition and there's conveniently little copper coils in the center of this air chamber and boom, you have electricity. And how right. do you wirelessly conduct it? Who knows? Right. But, well, it, it also, I also believe that it, uh, just from some stuff I've read and it makes a lot of sense that, you know, it was multi-purposed. It wasn't just mm -hmm. one thing or the other. It was also, they were able to create uh, rain or manipulate weather with the, with the energy from the pyramid. And that's how back then, when you hear about Egypt and even Lemuria and these civilizations were like a paradise because they were able to make it rain every so many few days where nothing ever dried out and it became lush and thriving. And secondly, I've heard that it acted as a communications device to the cosmos. And not only that, but take it a step further, even the parallel universes or parallel earths mm -hmm. and uh, some fascinating information there. Obviously, there's a million theories on what the pyramids actually did and what purpose they served, but I like to explore all of them because obviously the mainstream theory of a tomb is like laughable. Yeah, no, I don't think they're a tomb. And actually, those those sarcophaguses that are the size like to fit a bull, uh, those could have actually held this liquid material and as batteries. Right. Um, you could store energy in this stuff, and especially with the, the granite quartz, uh, that being piezoelectric itself. 
Um, but then we also got to remember, like even in Egypt, I think they had black soil. So very fertile soil. So there's that whole theme again. Um, and then when it comes to, uh, you know, they, the modern day secret societies use these pyramids the way they used to, I don't know if they still do, but they go inside of them and do these rituals because this material has some sort of ability to tap into the ether. That's what we're going energy is. Uh, Wilhelm Reich is, is a person that people should look into and read some of his books. It talks about how uh, orgone, which is essentially chi or uh, prana, is a, a substance that's all around us. And right. if these people built these pyramids, knowing that knowledge, well, if you're tapping into something that's all around us, the, the possibilities are limitless. Right. Uh, you know. Well, that and, right. and the sound and frequency, like ultrasonic, ultrasonic, sonic. <laughs> Uh, frequencies, I think, is how they moved some of these stones and even the acoustic and, levitation. Yeah. Right, exactly. There's no doubt in my mind that that's the only. It just feels right. It resonates when I when I feel into that theory. It makes the most sense. I mean, they were leaps and bounds beyond what we are today. Yeah, and yeah. and that goes into a lot of the theories of. Uh, you know, everyone thinks that we're about to head into the apocalypse. Uh, I think the apocalypse already happened. And we're actually the remnants. Uh, I believe mm. that we were a society that was wiped out somehow. And we're kind of like the stragglers trying to fit everything together. And uh, we're a very trauma-based society because, you know, if you go to the earliest kind of recorded society, like the Greek society, I've been finding out that a lot of them were pedophiles. Right. That's very look, true. Look at, look at these statues and like, they're all naked and they got little boys there and, and, you know, the Spartans and all this kind of stuff. So we've been... A, a culture that's kind of reset itself a long time ago uh, and we completely forgot who we used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's fascinating when you go into there, like, well, what is real history? Uh, I can right. tell you that this, this whole dark agenda elites, you know, doing stuff with kids. That's not new. Um, no, they're just a, open about it. It's an ancient yeah. cult. I mean, ancient, yeah. um, unfortunately. And that that's where, that's where it's hard for some people to wrap their head around. Like when you're trying to explain to them that like certain politicians or elites or whoever are these pedophiles, they don't, they don't get it. They're like, but why? I don't understand. And then you have to like trace the bloodlines and go back mm -hmm. to the 13 families and, and go back even further. And just, it, it, there's a story to be told and all the pieces are there if you know where to look and put them together. But there's no doubt in my mind that it just stemmed from a very ancient civilization. It's just, it's once you get the picture, you kind of can go, ah, that's why this happens. <laughs> you know, if you have generations and generations of trauma, and then it's funny because most of the people that are currently drawn to the politics in, in, in this day and age are the people that are particularly drawn to power because they have power, no power within themselves. And you can find that each one of these politicians have that certain quality about them. There's some sort of traumatized aspect within them that they get off on ruling other people. And then you can see that with the, the, the crazy politicians in some of these different countries. Right. Um, right. It's, yeah. it's well, the law of attraction. You know, you're attracted to what you don't have in yourself. Uh, right. Cases mm -hmm. For these people, for other people, you attract what you want. That's because you're more consciously engaged in this, this game, but you know, uh, despite, whatever politician you go for, most of them are traumatized. Now, if we had a society, which I think they did back in the day, where people were actualized, then you wouldn't need war. You wouldn't need all these different um, uh, 
agendas for hurting everybody. Control it's, and yeah, yeah. It's not necessary. Right. Right. It was a completely different system. It was a completely different operating system. And there was all multiple versions of humans, of man mm -hmm. that came and were wiped out, came and were wiped out until we have modern man. And that's why our mainstream history only goes back to very recently when it's very obvious that these structures all over the world date back way further than we're told. Yeah. And that they were geographically placed uh, where ley lines were predominantly you know, right. in yeah. that structure. Now, that's an interesting thing too. So if all these structures are placed all around the world, they're no longer on those ley lines. So they're actually not um, amplifying that grid because we've shifted because we've shifted. So these placements of these monolithic structures are just off by, I don't know, a couple miles, a couple of feet, doesn't matter. slightly. So we're no longer using that harmonic grid because it's shifted and we forgot that technology and that's called geomancy. That's when you're using the earth's ley line to specifically anchor in these spots that uh, can harness that energy. And right. that, that reminds me, you can, People can make them themselves or they can get it on my website. These are called earth pipes. So what this is, is basically that same principle of that. Um, it's called um, iron oxide tourmaline and there's quartz crystal in here and you push this in the ground. And if you, you know, people, some people have like tuning forks and they can see where the energy is kind of coming from the ground a little bit more. Like I'd be very interested to see what that does at Iseti. Uh, right. Basically you're, plugging it into the earth it's much smaller than what so, you know what happens when you plug that in like what actually occurs so if you find like a hot spot like a spot that has uh, interesting energy uh I, i'm quite positive that it will actually pull it and then amplify it because it's it's using that metal to draw it from the earth and there's quartz crystals in the ends of these so this is i don't know if you can hear that there's actual crushed quartz crystal in here and this magnetic um, iron oxide. So it's, this is a little heavy. So is that a smaller version of the other this one is, you just showed this us? This is just half of it. It's okay. Kind of thing. So basically you stick this in the ground and you're trying to harness the earth's energy. And if you have any of these around it, like say you put this outside in your yard, you put this around, well, now they're in resonant frequency. So you're pulling up whatever the earth's giving you and you're actually putting it into the devices around your house. Um, and that's called earth pipes. And they've been doing that for a long time. So I didn't, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't even know that you, you might've showed that to me before, but I forgot. Um, no, that's something I just made. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, and that'll be on my website soon, but a lot of people use those type of things and bury them in the earth by 5g towers. Right. Uh, it, it's called gifting. Uh, those are the ones that people kind of just slap them together and just put a, a crystal pipe. But this one's more of like a really big one. This one has Lumerian quartz and about three, pounds of crystal quartz inside the metal because uh, I really wanted it to do uh, what it's supposed to do. And uh, this is the first one I ever made. So I will give you details after I kind of play around with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention it earlier, but if you if you don't know, obviously we are affiliated with Merlin's Lab, which is quite impressive. He's doing some great work and you can get 10% off all his products with promo code just journey to truth 10 i think right or is it just uh, just journey to truth oh yeah that's for the cbd there's so many just journey to truth um but yeah this is some fascinating stuff and that's the problem like i was trying to explain to my cousin what these pyramids do and, and so if you're coming from that uh indoctrinated world 
this just looks like taboo, like bullshit. Like, it, oh, what is this going to do? It looks totally insignificant. Where are the lights? Where's the, you know, they don't understand yeah. how it works. And he didn't. He, he really couldn't wrap his head around the technology of it. But free energy technology looks so insignificant. It will, if we were to go back in time, it might appear that some of these civilizations were actually primitive when, in fact, they were working with things that we just can't see and we can't comprehend. Well, it's true intelligence because all these devices are based off nature. Yeah. So the, the biggest natural orgone uh, device on the planet is a volcano. If you think about the energy of the ley lines kind of coming into one point, well, that energy has got to go somewhere. And there's all those minerals, there's iron, there's crystals, there's you know all sorts of different uh, complex compounds. And then the pressure of that mountain, that's a natural energy source. Uh, we're not tapping into that. Don't know right. why. But if you think about anything that's that's brilliantly designed, it's it's through nature. And the ancients really were in tune with nature. And that's why, you know, they modeled their building off the Fibonacci sequence, which is the, the image of the proportions of the body. And they they put that into their their buildings and they knew more about uh, sound harmonics. So when they built these temple, you know, you'd sing or you get a group of people singing, those frequencies would bounce off in such a geometric pattern or way that it was healing. So they based everything off of nature, which in my opinion, I believe nature is what we call source or the creator. Uh, right. It's just our closest right. relationship towards it is, is Gaia. Right. And it's, right. it's actually extremely important. And this has been coming up more and more in our episodes about getting back to nature and living in harmony with it. Uh, that's the only way that's, that is the future. That's how we tap into these abilities. There's this ether there's this entire world that is not visible to our to us at this moment. And to be able to tap into that, those energies and utilize them is is the future of yeah. And and, and nature uh, can heal us. I mean, just look at the word harmony and you can think of hormone. So if our hormones are not in harmony, you can get all sorts of deficiencies. Like if you're, you know, um thyroid is off, that's your throat chakra. That's because it's out of harmony. Either you're suppressing it too much or you're not speaking your truth. Right. It's energetic. Everything can be found in the body in a, in a relationship to, um, you know, nature. And it's, it's fascinating. When people really start to study the links between mysticism and science, we will change the entire world. Right. Well, every physical ailment at some level has an energetic component where it stemmed from. Yep. Obviously, I mean, you could that can't be said for everything if you're like taking drugs and you have side effects or whatever the case is but like you said the thyroid most of the time you know if you go to a doctor they're just gonna slap some a band-aid on it give you some pills to take or whatever the case is or you could go back and to the root identify the root cause of that energetically what is out of sync in your life that is not in harmony with nature in your path and when you're off course your body's going to tell you. And that's yeah. when the physical ailments come. And, you know, my back, I've had a lifelong back issue. I'm been, I'm, I guess I've just been off course for my whole life. But no, I, do, I think there's more of an energetic component to it that I'm still, it's almost like, it's interesting because that pain is almost a driving force for me to heal. Kind of like- You're searching for it. Right. It, otherwise, if it wasn't there, it's just my, my, my lower back, you know, my spine. But- if if you don't have that pain to drive you, you would never be, I guess, motivated to go on the healing journey. So it's a really interesting, like maybe on some level, we set some of this stuff up for ourselves to grow from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you think about in evolution, 
you know, human humanity only really evolves when it's introduced to stress. So Mm -hmm. if we think about what we're going on right now, globally, we're stressed out because globally we're about to evolve. And it really depends on which side you're aligning with. Are you going to evolve into this transhumanistic, you know, up is down, down is up, left is right, right is whatever. Yeah. um, 126 different whatevers, you know, or are you going to align with harmony that's been there since the beginning of creation? Right. Um, But it's everyone's choice to kind of choose whatever they want to do. Uh, the people that are blindsided and still drinking the Kool-Aid, they're going to learn and they'll, they'll have to come back and experience it in a different way. But the people that uh, are aware of what's going on and, you know, doing the work or at least attempting to do the work, uh, depending upon, you know, what your lifestyle is like, you're, you're going to be given the one thing that the other side will never have. That's peace. Right. Once If you come to peace with yourself, that's all you really need. You know, yeah, before yeah. when I was unconscious and going through my day to day, you know, always, you always worry about things of the external, like, oh, what does this person think about me? What does that person think? About? Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. So when you kind of realize these little things and you just start tweaking the way you interact with reality, you can live a much better life. And it just it happens gradually and it happens slowly. So we just have to we have to pay attention that it's not going to be overnight and it, and it is a process. Right. The process is well worth it. And I like how you, you said that the, you know, stress is the motivator for growth or whatever. And then to, if you take that globally on the world stage right now, mm-hmm. it's really interesting because the whole planet is under stress, which means we're getting ready to. Something's about to happen. And I think some, it's going to be good. I think so too. Obviously it doesn't appear that way on the surface, but it's just the machine always consumes itself in the end. And that's what's happening right now. Yeah. So in, in another thing that I, that I learned, I think I talked about this a little bit in my last episode with you guys. Um, you, you can be aware of what's going on in the world, but it doesn't necessarily have to affect you. So that's all dependent upon our belief system. And what I mean by that is like the last two years of COVID, I didn't really have any problems with anyone telling me to put a mask on or any stress with, you know, this, this jab related thing. Some people did. That's fine. But if you are aware of what's triggering you, you can find out what exists inside of you. And if you do not like it and you no longer consent to it, you don't necessarily have to experience those things anymore. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that in the most easiest fashion is if someone is very irritated and they always get in road rage, well, what is it that you're being enraged about? Where does that exist inside you? And usually it comes down to control of others. Yes. So you kind of, you know, do this process of, well, I experienced this on the outside outside what is it telling me on the inside when you identify that it's called calling it by its true name you're liberated and you can do that with everything in your life you can liberate yourself from your triggers using your triggers as your guide because everyone is here to teach each other whether aware of it or not so in a sense everyone else is your guide it's fun physical version of them it's funny because I used road rage as a tool to heal. I, I consciously was aware of that, especially in the early days of my awakening. Cause I used to, I, like all of us back then when we were asleep, you get pissed when you're driving and like, you don't even know why. And like, and then when you start to identify those triggers while you're driving and you calm yourself and you don't get mad and don't give your energy to that person in like a matter of no time, you've already forgot about it, mm-hmm. but you, or you could let it consume you. And this, so that was a great tool for me 
to finally get to a point where like, I literally don't have road rage anymore. And that's also learning uh, beginning stages of energy dynamics. So when a person is unconscious, they're operating from those lower energy centers, which means they're not able to really produce their own energy. So when we enact in that activity of being enraged with someone, you're literally just competing for each other's energy because you're not harnessing yourself. And you'll notice that if you stoke the, the fire with some fuel, meaning I uh, produce more anger, the other person will usually fire back, but it's not going anywhere. You're just stealing energy from each other until one of you is depleted and that person won. Right. Uh, versus they're dishing it out to you. You're receiving it and going, I don't want to participate. I do not consent. Yeah. That is the most powerful phrase. You don't have to say it out loud. You just, I do not consent. And you let it go. And what that letting go is, is that that's that competition. That's that control aspect that we don't control anything outside of ourselves. We control ourselves. But when we do that, and I don't, I don't give my consent away. You stay empowered. And it's, that's very, very powerful. Yeah. Yes. It's beautifully the, said. It's the basic fundamentals of cause and effect. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's very esoteric, like when you really get into it, but it's, it's so fascinating. And the best description, if anyone's interested, uh, you can find this on YouTube, is the Celestine Prophecy. Uh, that's a yeah. book that can really give you a beautiful story of how energy dynamics work uh, in a very articulate way. Have you, yeah, have you I've read, read it? I have it. Yeah. It's a great book. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. It's a movie too. Yeah, you movie's, watch kind of, movie. yeah. movie's not as good. Yeah, <laughs> never is. Get the idea across, though. But it talks about you know law of exchange, and, but it, but I think people get deterred from these laws, like the law of mentalism or the law of it. It's it's just how we use our energy to interact with the world. Everything needs to be sacrificed. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Everything has to transmute. You know, I have to eat something, so I'm taking the energy from something else. But if I'm taking too much energy from something else, it's called gluttony. So there's that balance there. Uh, even with interactions with people, am I giving too much energy or am I taking too much energy? And it's trying to find that midway. But then at the at the most important piece is to control your own energy. So that way you're not either leaking it or trying to pull it from too many people by being connected to that ether, being connected to that um, the the creator, the the you know, the universal source. That's why the opposite side of the spectrum these people need to feed off us because they do not have the ability to harness their own energy right that's why they got troll farms on social media that's why i got all these instigate you know they have to ignite the fire of the unconscious individual so they could take their energy and that's how they manifest right that's the yep, entire exactly. that's the entire purpose of the troll or the infiltrator mm -hmm. to get you to take the bait and throw you off whatever distract you from whatever it is you should be focusing on oh, it used to get me i used to literally me too battle with the keyboard and just like i'll tell you <laughs> right i used to me too i mean we all you do it, it, you, you'd be lying if you said you didn't get triggered by a, a comment or something online and getting a battle with somebody whatever yeah it'd be it, like someone you haven't talked to in like 20 years or something it's so important i gotta prove my point right yeah <laughs> or somebody that you don't you know don't know at who's all. hiding behind an avatar and a screen name and you it might as well be a bot you know could yeah. be could be a bot Man, yeah. according to Twitter, it might might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Half of Joe Biden's followers ended up being fake. Yeah, I mean, our bots. Not yeah. shocking. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've mentioned this before, but if you think about AI, what's the goal? Everything that AI is trying to accomplish is they're trying to become as human-like as possible. 
They're trying to simulate humanity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, but they're why? Because we are so intelligently designed that what makes a human body function and to make you subconsciously do things that you don't even understand that you're doing like breathing and your heart pumping and all that stuff like a machine like that is so intelligent like that's all ai strives to be but that's where they're showing their lack what they lack because they can't be that but they're trying to mimic it and it's it'll never be organic obviously we had that conversation earlier they're they're trying to mimic it so they can use ai to further enslave humanity so again you're operating on that binary the yes no follow don't follow um and you're not going to have that conscious objector type of attitude anymore yeah um you know in my theory because of how i know computer systems and you know my background i don't think ai can ever become sentient um but i do believe that sentient beings utilize it to get so close to becoming sentient that it's almost indistinguishable right that's kind of where we're at right now and this is what i mean by that Uh, any computer source if you have to update its code change its code you have to turn it off it has to be turned off and then it has to restart um humans because of the quantum ability we don't have to turn off we don't we don't have to meditate we don't have to go to sleep we can actually in the instant change our perspective which is like rewriting our code Right. So the reason why they're trying to make these things so indistinguishably uh, indistinguishable from humans is because the better technology they get, the better technology they get to predict how you are going to operate and how they can further control you. Right. All the data that they're gathering on all these people, algorithms can only analyze past and present right now and in the past. And it goes through all these algebraic expressions, which is linear, and then it can come up with its educated guess basically but it's very accurate because if you got millions and billions of people connected to data and they're tracking everything it's going to be quite accurate right but the purpose of that is to get a profile say on you your activity my activity other people's activity and now based off uh, predictive programming they can subtly influence you through advertisements through certain articles that are going to pop up to persuade you to do what they want you to do mm-hmm. without you being aware of it right so in a, in right. a way it, it kind of seems sentient because it's so accurate that it's kind of pushing you a certain down a certain road and you have no idea how you even got there. And they're right. like, Oh my God, I'm on TikTok for two hours. What happened? Right. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just very intelligent. Yeah. Now this black goose stuff is a little bit different. That actually cuts you off from what we've been talking about and then kind of can put in that artificial thing. So you're, you're more of that zombie right. attitude. Right. right. And you, and those are obviously we talked about the jab earlier. And if that exists within that, it would explain why we're seeing a lot of what we're seeing. There's uh, a lot of theories on that, that there's like, what is it? It's a, the corn snail venom. You ever heard of that theory yet? Oh, no. I've had the snake venom thing, but uh, yeah, so you snake venom as well. And it actually lasts in your, your gut bacteria. And that's what a long COVID comes from, supposedly. Uh, right. But this corn snail uh, bacteria. So you can get infected with the bioweapon. And then the bioweapon, because of scorn, uh, corn snail venom, it actually, uh, in the in the ocean, when you get stung by that or you're around it, uh, the fish actually swims to the snail to get stung because something in it is desiring whatever this chemical is. So yeah. It's kind of interesting. You look at people that are like hesitant to get it, you know, and all of a sudden they just, what happened? Oh, I got it yesterday. Why? So, oh, I just really want it. Well, they yes. may have been exposed to something that is now existing within their system that has that alluring attraction. Yes. It's very, very fascinating. So if you look into corn snail, uh, 
that's that's fascinating. And then the snake venom, it lasts in your your gut bacteria, and it actually will stay there to give you those symptoms. Uh, and what is the gut bacteria? Where is the gut biome? That is your intuitive mind. So, yes. you know, people will be like, oh, voice of God technology. No, they've kind of engineered it so perfectly that they're using your own system to communicate and kind of deceive you if you're not yes. fully integrated or, or healthy or connected with who you are. It's, it's just, it's incredible. You know, hat, hats to them. <laughs> yeah. Screw them, but hats to them. But yeah. Um, well, it's that's... Just, they're, they're using the parts of our body that are designed by nature to, to, as a weapon against us. Right. They're weaponizing ourselves mm -hmm. against us. And that comes, that goes back to them knowing us better than we know ourselves. And that's the entire purpose of the suppression from day one. They know exactly yeah. what you're capable of. Yeah. And ahead. they know our psychology. They know if, if people are in fear, they'll do whatever they're told. Yes. To and safe. your immune system suppressed. And your immune system suppressed yeah. when you're in fear as well. And your vibrations kept lower. You're just way, way easier to control. But the McDonald's is left open. Don't forget that. Yeah, but of course, <laughs> can't close that. Yeah, got to get my Chipotle. Exactly. There's a South Park episode where they're talking about, it's like, oh, I need my Chipotle. And he's like, yeah, but doesn't it give you like bloody diarrhea? It's like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but that's how they operate. You know, they just keep doing unconscious things, even though it's despite your health. Right. Exactly. Well, that, and you want to, I mean, it's poison, but we wouldn't just go out there and poison ourselves if we knew it was poison. They have to make it taste amazing so that you want it and crave it. Well, they have to have you utilize your free will. Um, yeah. Because even though it seemed like they are mandating and doing all this and that, that person, that individual made that decision to go get it. Right. It's at the end of the day. And, and but, any of these things. Now, when it comes yeah. to like some trauma that's a little bit different, I'm not saying like people chose to get, you know, these bad things happen to them, but ultimately... Free will is how you respond internally to situations. That, that's where I think the, the power of free will actually has. Yeah, you might be put in situations where you can't control it, but it's how you respond it. And do you allow it to take your life further downhill and, and following that type of rhythm? Or are you going to take that experience, go, huh, what did I learn from it? Maybe sit on it a little while and then keep rising the rhythm in a different direction. Uh, but it's, it's very, very... Um, intelligently done where everything is is through consent the law of consent is very very powerful yeah yeah right absolutely even the the ai stuff the algorithm your phone like okay you get pissed because your phone's doing all this stuff but guess what when you download an app or when you buy a phone you have to check yes to that mm -hmm. all the fine print and that agreement that literally tells you what they're going to do the stuff we're talking about and I mean, i've read some of it they straight up tell you they're going to monitor and store your data and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And there it's really scary because they actually have technology in here that knows, like if you're scrolling, it knows how long you've stopped and look at something like how, how long your eyeballs focus on a certain. The front facing camera is not for selfies. It's to right. track eye movement. Right. Mm -hmm. So they, so they know how long you're staring at a specific part. And that's why that will show up more and more and more in your phone. And that's why you say it seems sentient, but it's just a very well-designed program. Yeah. yeah. And now, now the fact that you know, most people's phones have uh, multiple sensors on here, like this one has four, uh, they do different things. And my background being a, a geospatial analyst, I use different sensors. So for just a, a side tangent, um, iPhones, they have LIDAR. LIDAR is used to measure uh, very fine details in a 3D environment. Uh, in other words, I can put my iPhone in the center of my room, turn it around, and it can scan the entire room 
and give me a 3D representation of what's in that room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you got all these other different sensors that can identify different objects. There's this guy that came out with this video. It got deleted, but he's basically walking around and it shows you on his screen these little boxes. Oh, that's a chair. That's a notebook. That's a, you know, it's identifying everything you have. So that way, when you go on Instagram and you go like, oh, that's a new chair. How did it know it was broken? It's psychic. No, it's, <laughs> it's analysts. It's just people, well, mainly algorithms that analyze it, but it, right. it's, it's, it's very, and, very good. And so yeah. a while back we had Cyrus Parsa on the show and he talked about uh, proximity sensors in your phone. Mm -hmm. and meaning that if I understood them correctly, like that sensor does, you, it, you connect with that sensor on some level. And when the phone is out of your proximity, you start to pan have a mini panic attack and it creates an actual phobia, like of being without your phone. That's why yeah, it's a ghost syndrome. Yeah. Right. People I, I literally was, panic. Yeah. I think that was more of like the introduction level to transhumanism. Um, if you think about it, you know, it started with computers and they're on a desktop and they're huge. It took the size of a room, but now we've integrated where I take this everywhere with me as if it's uh, an a part extension of part of you yeah, yeah it's so and it actually does it i think it's called like phantom phone syndrome or something like that i happen right. you know I, i'll all of a sudden reach for my phone because i felt it go off and it's not it even in your right it's yeah like, wow and it's not that i'm on my phone all the time i hardly talk to anybody but it's still oh, like what, what right. happened right it's, i get that too mm -hmm. or yeah you'll feel the vibration in your the vibration in your yeah pocket but the phone's yeah. across the room mm -hmm. yeah but it vi but it actually received a text at that same time but it's so connected your body had a physical reaction that's i mean that should happen yeah yeah and that could be a number of reasons it could be that sensor or it could be the fact that you have metals in your body right um, and they have experiments where they have you know the cell phone sitting down on the desk and they have some ants around it and they put sugar around it and then nothing's really happening but as soon as you turn the phone on the ants go way around the phone because they're mm -hmm. trying to escape that field so who knows how far that field goes out? And the EMS. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, I mean, just that alone, like having your phone on your body all day, every day, what is that the, the EMS doing to your oh, body it's, alone? It's Yeah, it's terrible. So I have- Unless you have some kind of protection for protection, it. Protection, yeah, like an mm -hmm. Omni device or like an Omni or something. Um, I can tell you from experience, I used to do, um, I used to be a bodybuilder. So I used to work out quite a bit and I had this thing constantly in my pocket and it actually- uh, accelerated the growth of my muscle tissue in that area where that phone was. Really? So there's a study in this book called The Invisible Rainbow. Uh, I forget the author's name. It's it's some different language, but he talks about electricity, basically the history of electricity from like the 1870s till now. Um, and electricity actually has two main things that it does. It promotes cell growth, but then it also causes decay in cancerous tissues. So it really depends on where your body's health level is at and, and which way it's going to affect you. But if you're constantly surrounded by a stimuli, it will either grow it, repair it, or kind of make it like tumorous, or it will actually destroy it. It just really depends. But this book really talks about how all these subtle frequencies literally change um, not only the neural connections within the body, but how we... Uh, communicate at a microchondria cellular level, how it communicates and, or if it gets disrupted uh, through these microelectrical uh, fields. Yeah. And it's fascinating. It's all fascinating. Yeah. And also it, another effect that it has along with 
the jab and other things is uh, it can make you sterile. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's and it, it, like, collects, it collects specifically in the ovaries of women, which I thought was like, that's not an accident. No. And well, even so it's, it's right there in our genital area, right? Yeah. Your phone is always in your pocket or your laptop is literally on your lap and the laptop is way worse than the phone as far as producing the EMFs. So, I mean, that's why it's so important. Yeah, I think, I think somewhere in the user manual, it says to not put the laptop on your lap. I think right. it says really? it somewhere. Yeah, I think so. I can feel if I ever do, I'll stack like two pillows up and I still, I literally can feel that radiation and I have to like, I can't do it. I have to put it on a table or a desk mm -hmm. and it's not just that it's a heat also. Well, computers are a little bit different because computers are using a lot of energy uh, and it's all focused in one main point. That's that CPU, the central processing unit. And that thing is going off like a thousand times per second. So that concentration, you know, those little things get to like 200 degrees heat wise. Uh, but then the amount of processes and the EMFs that it's producing, uh, you know, you get one of these readers and you turn it on like my computer's right here. And I don't know. You hear that? Yeah. It's, yeah, I can hear it a little bit. It's producing, it's producing a very high dangerous magnetic field that close. So it's, you know, what is it actually doing? But that book will tell you what it's actually doing to cellular level, the mitochondria specifically. Right. Wow. Yeah, this wow. is this is all extremely fascinating, scary <laughs> to some to some degree, but there are things we can do about it, and that's exactly mm -hmm. why the pyramids and any protection. And there, these yes, are these help. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These help a ton. These are measures that you have to take. You have mm -hmm. to go to extreme measures in an extreme environment. And I would go as far as saying it is extreme at this point, with the chemtrails, the food, the water, the five G. Everything is weaponized, even ourselves at this point are weaponized against us. So you have to go to extreme measures to keep yourself healthy right now as we shift into whatever future we're moving into. Like mm -hmm. you said earlier, I think it's actually something really good, even though it might not look that way right now. Yeah. Yeah. Antioxidants, um, minerals, and uh, spe specifically shilajit, which is a very interesting mm -hmm. compound yeah. connection to uh, uh, basically black goo. Because shilajit is literally black goo. It's a tar, black material, oh, but it has almost every mineral that you want in your entire body. Um, and it's extremely powerful. I used it to take shilajit. You, really? you knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, Ken Rolla, when I went to East Study 2020, he got me onto that. That and Ormus. And Ormus yeah. is another fascinating topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ormus is the gold goo, which is, I guess you could say, a different version of this um, plasmid substance that this earth produces there's three different types there's a red there's a gold and there's a black yeah um but ormus is monatomic gold and the egyptians use that there's ormus capsules and, and ormus uh, materials found in all their burial sites inside some of the, the jars with the organs right. and um, it's it's a preservative or maybe it's got a spiritual aspect like it's very very powerful right I take also it, just to go a little bit off even further the anunnaki was doing what harvesting gold to do what to repair their atmosphere so there's some connections there that people can kind of go look into. Right. Yeah. Ormus is fascinating. I, I've, I, I take the Ken Rolla stuff, the Vancouver Island, mm -hmm. uh, Ormus and stuff. There's, I really don't know if I feel or notice the effects, but I know what it's doing. Yeah. It's at a very, very uh, microscopic level, I think. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
if it's got everything that it says it does, that's awesome. But you can also get monatomic gold and take that. Uh, that not colloidal colloidal is different process. There's a little bit bigger particles. Like there's colloidal silver, copper, yeah. and gold, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, those are the three main metals in alchemy. And they all do different things. Uh, gold repairs tissue. Silver is antibacterial, and then copper is antimicrobial, which is like that is so cool. Just in the sense of alchemy, and then right. connection to metals. Yeah. Um, but monoatomic is is such a fine uh, particle that it can penetrate the the smallest layers of the cell. And supposedly it can help reverse things. Like you do that in some uh, other uh, water purification processes, primarily like MMS or something like that. You can actually cure cancer that way. Right. Um, and that's just using two things. That's water and gold. Nah. And then gold is are very, you know, they always base our financial system off gold, but there's a spiritual aspect to it as well. Right. YouTube, right. YouTube, if you're listening, we did not just say there was a cure for cancer. <laughs> did not, no. <laughs> No. Think it's yeah. taken down. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it has the uh, ability to cleanse cells. I love that. Right. There you go. Uh, speaking of, so there's a black fulvic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a brand Onyx, I think. Uh, I've recently been made aware of it. I started taking it because it's supposed to be this absolutely fantastic parasite cleanse. Mm. And, it, and it cleanses you of heavy metals and, and all kinds of stuff. But it's literally a black powder that when you mix it with water, it turns into a black goo substance. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of fulvic acid in shilajit too. So it's probably very similar to that. So there was, so this stuff came out when it originally came out, you could ingest it. They had all these protocols you could take and people were having these insane results. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. there was a lawsuit from somebody, something happened. Now they can no longer sell it as, something that you consume it's sold as a face mask now although you can still consume it just the same way uh they recommend against it on the package because i think somebody caught wind that this was healing people if you soak your feet in this stuff i did this uh it pulls out for one heavy metals piles of i'm I'm talking piles of metal shavings really literally like at the bottom of the bucket you could see like little fine pile of metal shavings and parasites yeah. one of them i was literally watching crawl around that came out of my feet That's really disgusting. um but isn't then, that fascinating though that all these anti-parasitics are the ones that is curing all this stuff right I, I just mm. find it very right well that's interesting lexi yeah, eisenhower all of the anti-parasitics are the things that are helping people right yeah because it will like lexi eisenhower says everything stems from the parasites yeah yeah but this stuff if you drink it uh, it's a massive detox, a massive cleanse. People bathe in it, you drink it. What you'll notice, you'll start having the deepest sleep ever. The mm. whites of your eyes become wider. You you start feeling super clean if you ingest this stuff. And there's no wonder that they have all these warnings to don't ingest it after this lawsuit, which I think was like set up of course, to mm. pull it off the market and then rebrand it, relabel it. But it's there's stuff out there that's absolutely incredible. They have these wonderful effects that we're just not taught about. Yeah. Well, I think it has to do with, you know, the big government agencies like the FDA. The FDA is not really designed to give you products that work. They're designed to give you products to continue to take. Uh, if you start selling like cures, that goes against the uh, pharmaceutical and, and medical agenda. Yeah. So that's why they go on those as, as quick as they can. That's the, la- that's the last thing they want. Yeah. People disease-free right. and healthy. That's the right. last thing they want. Well, they, they're, they're creating, like you said, a new species, uh, literally a robot where somebody like your shirt says, we won't comply. 
They want yes. a new species that will never even think about buying that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they will. They somebody says, yes, daddy. What next? Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and they want them to get excited about the new technologies and mm -hmm. all this stuff that is literally designed to strip you from all your rights and freedoms. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into some galactic stuff just for fun. Uh, I, I, what are your thoughts right now? What's happening on the planet as far as you know all these mass UFO sightings? Uh, do you have any thoughts on that at all? Uh, yes, I do. I, I feel that uh, you know there's cer there's certain beings that I'm aware of, like the unity conscious beings. You know, those are the ones that uh, want the best for humanity, but they won't necessarily directly interfere. Um, but then we have all these cases where people are seeing all these UFOs and, and not even people within, I guess, to say like a higher vibration, um, but they're just seeing all these UFOs. And I think that is absolutely a psyop um, for the military or the World Economic Forum or, or whatever agency to try to uh, stage the next um, global whatever. Right. Um, and the reason why is because if I was a being, right, say I'm like super, uh, you know, highly evolved consciousness and I have this amazing technology, what does it, what, what do I have to gain by flying around having people see me? Right. There's not really much other than uh, trying to set a narrative. Honestly, it's like, well, what are mm -hmm. they doing? They're suspicious, you know, like back in the day, you know, in, in warfare, you know, they would, you know, set up torches in this little area. Uh, and then spread them all around within a, a very far distance to make the enemy think they're a lot bigger than they actually are. Why? For a, appearance of fear. They're not right. really actually doing anything. There could be just like two dudes just setting up torches, but it makes it look like there's a lot more. They're, they're building the suspense for something. Right. Now, I do believe that some of these crafts are genuine, and those are the ones that, um, you know, they're more like energy-based. They're more... Um, like they just have different forms to them instead of like the rest of the, the saucers or the ones that the military is right. talking about. Yeah. My opinion, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think ultimately if you're going to go zoom out in the bigger picture here, whether it's a psyop, whether whatever is happening, I think it's ultimately a step forward into raising the collective consciousness that something else yes. exists. Yes, it's, and, it's definitely staging that. It's, yes, it's very clear on that. Regard, and of course, I think that is on some level inevitable that people are going to start questioning and figure this stuff out. And of course, there's going to be people in these corporations, military elites, whatever, that are going to try and steer that into their narrative. So it's very it could interesting. Be the ultimate chess move. You're right. It could be these beings actually being like, hey, we're here. Uh, something's going to change, something's going to shift. But then on the opposite, wavelength you know following that rhythm someone's going to try to change the narrative i definitely think both of those are possible yeah i think at this point d all of the above for everything that's happening right now it's all possible i use that answer a lot in my school tests all right yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah. all of the above yeah. um is there anything else that you want to, to touch on before we start wrapping this up um, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you're interested in the pyramids, they will go up, uh, pretty soon in this next week. I just, I'm messing around with kind of the looks of them and how I want them to act. Um, I am actually getting ready to create, um, a CGI film. Well, more like a, a TV show series. that's going to talk about, um, something familiar to the 12 labors of Hercules. You ever heard of that? I don't know. Mm -mm. So 12 labors of Hercules is basically how 
human consciousness evolves through the wheel of astrology and okay. how each house uh, out of the 12 houses is a different journey. Uh, and this person's going to go from completely asleep uh, to uh, the house of Virgo, the sixth house, uh, becoming aware of from the first to the sixth is his internal world. And then from the sixth to the twelfth is experiencing the external world and his relationship towards it. So it's going to bridge on trauma healing. It's going to bridge on going back into the past to rewrite the future. Um, and then through that process, uh, you're really not going to hear any of these words, but I'll probably hide them through symbolism somehow of like, oh yeah, we're doing this lesson. Uh, but you're also going to learn about the process of alchemy when it comes to transmuting your dense emotions into gold. Uh, so it's going to be a story about a person's life that talks about how to do all of this as if you're just watching a story. Um, that, that sounds incredible. Yeah, well, it's based off my life, but it's kind of <laughs> fictitious. So that's why it's such a, a, a well-done story, I think, I hope. Um, and I'm going to be using the same software that I'm using this background as. Uh, so it's going to be complete CGI, and it's going to be hopefully pretty good. I'm excited for that. I'm really looking forward to that. And it's it's crucial right now to have that type of content because that'll appeal to a lot of different people. Um, yeah. And it's not going to be like, you're not going to be like the first episode is like, oh, Aries. It's, you're not going to be like that at all. It may be like fear it might be the title. And it's not going to be heavy on these the, these terminologies, but more so the essence and the theme uh, is going to be very clear on what the process is. Now, for the people that are interested in what the actual esoteric breakdown is, I'm absolutely going to have a blog about that to show you all the different uh interconnectedness with what he's going through and experiencing, uh, but it's going to be something that almost anybody can relate to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to touch on almost pretty much every topic besides kind of like some of the taboo ones, but, uh, but you're going to see it as if it's just a normal person going through life that has this spark of awareness and goes, I think I want to try something different. And then that's something different. You're going to learn that it's going to develop this character of this narrative of the voice inside, which is that higher intelligence. Um, wow. And another story that actually mainstream kind of put out that is that new Pinocchio, which is a really weird movie, but we watched the new one. Um, the moral of the story is listen to your conscience mm -hmm. and then be brave and be honorable. So it's going to be kind of something like that, but just not as weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I think it's great, man. Definitely looking forward to that. Keep it up. The pyramids are incredible. I know that there's a lot of work put into these, a lot of passion. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of science behind this. We covered a lot of it here, but uh, they're super unique. They're, they're, there's a lot of things about your pyramids. So I, I see other pyramids don't have, obviously there's more and more companies popping up exploring this technology. So that's cool. You know, like, like you said, comparison is the, the thief of joy. Like he's, yeah. everyone is playing a part. These are incredible. If you guys feel drawn to these particular pyramids, um, go check out Merlin's lab. The link is below. You get 10% off all his products with promo code journey to truth. And just and just see what you like, yeah. Well, and we're looking for that. right, looking forward to the uh, earth pipes. Also, I'm really yeah, I'm very that, excited. That's very intriguing. Yeah. Um, any other contact information or anything you want to share for people? That's that's all for now. Yeah, it's just uh, MerlinsLab.myshopify.com. Um, hoping to change that URL sometime in the future, but uh, I guess there's a lot of companies with Merlin's Lab, and I had no idea. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> well, it's. Right. Uh, well, it's very apparent that, you know, you're got a lab going there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, laboratory. it might make it into the, uh, the episode, but we'll see. It just depends on how I want to incorporate that. Yeah. It's uh, very but, cool. But, yeah. It's going to be fun. 
Right on, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. I mean, this is information overload, but in a good way. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of amazing uh, stuff that came through. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, thank you for what you do. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you all. And until next time, have a great evening. See you guys. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Yeah.